This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me for the next hour and a half or so before I take you up to 735 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. The Nats in Chicago tonight continuing what I'm dubbing their post-All-Star break Midwest road trip against the Chicago Cubs. If you caught the tail end of Grant and Danny, Danny Ruye gave you the terrible news from last night. Nets losers last night by a score of 17-3. to An ugly one for the fellas, to say the least. Danny got me hip because I didn't really watch. They scored 14 runs in two innings. I mean, that is... I'll be honest, I'm not sure how good the Cubs are, but that... That is super impressive. Good part about it, though, for the Curly W's. Right back at it tonight with the opportunity, Ryan, to pick up their first series win post-All-Star break. Trevor Williams on the bump for Davey Martinez. The squad, per usual, Charlie Slows and Dave Jack to get you warmed up starting at 735 with Nats on deck. Now, now that we got a little bit of baseball out of the way, Ryan, play that music! My home team, my loyalty, I'm at Uptown Royalty. Come on, y'all. I'm feeling it. We fight for all DC. Who are we? I speak facts. I'm finally feeling it. I couldn't get one of that first, man, but it's here, y'all. Make sure you come out and party with us tomorrow for our Burgundy and Sold celebration over at the bullpen here in Navy Yard, DC, officially celebrating. The sale of the Washington Commanders. Food trucks are going to be out there. Live music in some of the biggest names in Burgundy and Gold history. I'll be completely honest. Haven't done a ton of live remote broadcast in my career. Hashtag youngest in charge movement, people. But I promise you, tomorrow is going to be one for the ages, man. Look, doors open at 430. Me and the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, will host a very special edition of Overtime beginning at 630. All the way until they tell us to go to hell home. So tell a friend to tell a friend it is the move for tomorrow afternoon. And I can't wait because my Virginia folks who were complaining over the weekend about how, you know, you didn't, you wouldn't come to D.C. 
that the stadium was down there. We had this big argument about where the real Commanders fans reside, and I believe they reside right here in our nation's capital. But my Virginia folks, you are in luck tomorrow as well. Tomorrow, beginning at noon, B. Mitch and Finley, along with Grant and Danny, will be broadcasting live from Old Ox Brewery in Ashburn. And I just know uh, that my pals are giddy to rock out with y'all, man. And it's going to be a damn good time, man. I'm really trying to, like, put my emotions and and collect myself here because I'll be straight up with you. Until today at about 3 o'clock Eastern time, Grant and Danny were taking calls on what's going to change about our fandom when they officially take over tomorrow. It hadn't hit me. I'll be completely honest with you. We've had kind of, it feels like, false starts, so to speak, right? We had our party out at uh, Old Ox Brewery about a month ago. We had the situation back in April where it was official that it was going to be the Harris Group. But, man, after all the hurdles that had to be jumped, after all the lawsuits and all the scandals and all the meddling, And all the short man complex moments, all the bombshell reports, all the misery. Guys, I can't believe it. It is finally over. And this is the angle I'm coming with, man. Young people, this is for us. I can't relate to Grant Paulson and Danny Ruye talking about the glory days of the Burgundy and Gold. Tomorrow is for us. Everyone's talking about new beginnings and a chance to go back to what it used to look like. Tomorrow, July the 20th, 2023, I'm resetting my fandom. I wanted to tap in during Grant Danny earlier today, but it'd be weird to call in while I'm in the studio with him, so I'll not be a fanboy for a second, I thought. Let me wait till I got my own platform and say, how is my fandom going to change? Here's how my fandom's going to change. It's not going to change at all. Because unlike all you spoiled old folks out there, I've had to suffer through the misery Of Daniel Snyder the past 17 years. I'll be honest, when I really started watching football, 2006 was when I really knew what the hell I was talking about when watching. I've had to suffer through that. And I'm not going to say I've suffered through it alone. Because Ryan, obviously, as a young dude, you can relate as well. But, man, like I continue to say, we can't relate to the glory days. All I know with this franchise is infertility. All I know with this franchise is mediocrity. Our pal Andrew Sharp. Or is it Warren Sharp? Warren Sharp. I'm blanking on the name. That's how excited I am. Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football does a hell of a preview uh, for each NFL team uh, during the summertime. Got mine on in in my uh, Amazon cart right now. He put out a damning tweet about three days ago as he was like previewing the commander section of the book. I didn't even know this. And I'm not exactly. It's either third or fourth since Dan Snyder's taken over. The Washington Redskins football team commanders, I believe, have the fourth most last place division finishes during that time span. So it just shows you how bad things have been. One postseason win. One. One postseason win since 2005. It's time for us to celebrate, baby. I cannot put it into words, man. I got emotional earlier really thinking about this. Like, this entire time, I remember back in October when he first entrusted the Bank of America He was going to try to sell the team. Remember the dialogue around here? It was all hogwash, right? I remember running to our program director, Chris Kennard's office. Look, look at this Forbes report. Young, eager me trying to show somebody something. And at first it was a whisper about it. And then it became the story of the day. We had news cameras here. 
At the time, the Burgundy and Gold today was still in effect. We had Chris Russell and our pal Pete Medhurst hop on with me, man. It was nostalgia. Not going to lie, over the past couple of months, as we've had our hurdles in between this thing, the nostalgia's worn off. But I'm back tomorrow, 4.30, over at the bullpen. It's going down. Before we get really into the show, some NFC East news and notes, because it feels like the ownership talk has dominated these airwaves here over the past couple of days. And while all of that's been going on, and while we've been celebrating, we didn't talk much about it last night because of the short show. But there is big-time drama going on right now in East Rutherford with the New York Giants, fresh off of their first postseason win since 2011. They decided to go out and pay Daniel Jones four years, $160 million, $81 million of it guaranteed when he put pen to paper. And on average, Daniel Jones set to make $40 million per season for the next four years. Now, I may be in the minority with this. I am a, I am a Daniel Jones stan, right? I just am. I think he did the most with the least last year at the quarterback position. I truly believe that. But the numbers, let's be honest, the numbers are as mediocre as it gets. Last year, this is the, these are the numbers that earned Daniel Jones that mega bag that he got. 3,200 yards passing. <laughs> 15 touchdowns. Woo! Five interceptions. Now, this is where he really caught some people off guard and where he really earned my respect. On the ground, he was efficient. 120 carries, 708 yards rushing last year for Daniel Jones. Six yards a pop, and he got it in the end zone seven different times. I say all that to say this, right? The numbers are mediocre, but the Giants, and Giants fans out there, you're probably... Super upset about this right now. I think they made a decision that they had to make, right? We cannot try to minimize what Saquon Barkley meant to that offense during the first half of the year. He carried that group down the stretch. He had an injury, and the production tailed off. But the Giants wouldn't have got off to that hot start if it was not for Saquon Barkley. But as we've seen league-wide, man, there has been a devaluing of the running back position. Moving forward, I think teams are going to start paying guys on a case-by-case basis. In this particular situation, I just think the Giants chose Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley. It has been well documented that Saquon and running backs around the league are fed up with the stance that the league is taking. Take a listen to Saquon Barkley a few days ago talking about his next moves on the Money Matters podcast. I can say f- you to the Giants. I can say f- you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. Right. I won't play it down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Do I anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But like it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like I has never to. I never thought I would ever do that, but like now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like I, I might have to take it to this level. And, like, am I willing, am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. That's something I got to sit down and, like, I got to talk to my family. I got to sit down and talk to my team. Got to really, you know, strategize about this. Can't just, like, go off of emotions. Because, like, I have, like, I sit here and say, like, oh, be mature. Giants fans out there, that is, it's not good news. That's not good news. Because let's be real honest and frank about the situation. I said it in a complimentary way to Daniel Jones. He did the most with the least last year, meaning 
outside of Saquon Barkley, what real weapons do the New York Giants have? I understand they went out and traded for Darren Waller this offseason. I get that. But think about this. The Raiders stink as well. Why are they moving off of offensive talent? So tread lightly when it comes to Giants fans predicting this thousand-yard breakout season for Darren Waller. He's got to stay healthy. The big thing for me moving forward, because if you hear the tone in which Saquon's talking with, his mind's not made up yet. I don't think he'll show up once during training camp. I think at some point he may show up during the regular season to gain or at the term that they call it is an occurred season, right? When you hold out to the point where you lose that year of free agency, you don't get to hit the open market. So Saquon understands that, wants to hit the open market. He's going to return to the Giants, but he's not going to return to the team until he's ready. And financially speaking, that's going to be the very last moment possible. So Giants fans who are excited, like I said, about the team's first playoff win since the Super Bowl win in 2011, It was good last year when Saquon Barkley was trucking people and juking people out of their sneakers. What's it going to look like this fall when it's Danny Dimes and Darren Waller versus the world? We'll see. You all know how I get down, though. It's the People Show. It's happening with me all show long. One of three ways. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP, that's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP on Twitter and Instagram. Before we get rolling to the top of the 7 o'clock hour, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, like we do each and every night here on Overtime, it's time for Nell's Quick Clicks. K.J. Wright, former Seattle Seahawk, had some spicy words for his former QB, Russell Wilson. That's next here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 7.35 tonight. A quick sprint here on overtime before we hand the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Cubs. Curly W is trying to bounce back after getting their world rocked last night. 14 runs scored in two innings by the Chicago Cubs last night. Nats with the opportunity, though, to win their first series post-All-Star break. It is an 8.05 first pitch, and per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on the official 
radio home of the Washington Nationals. Right now, though, like we do each and every night here on Overtime, it's time for Nell's Quick Clicks. Here's Nell's Quick Clicks. Now, tonight, we're going to keep it serious. Kind of. Now, we normally go non-sports here for Nell's Quick Clicks, but K.J. Wright, former teammate of Russell Wilson while in Seattle, Super Bowl champion K.J. Wright, uh, joined Golden Tate's podcast, which is a darn good listen, by the way, and had this to say about Russell Wilson. Gee, I don't want to. I don't want to go viral with this. I really don't. You did, KJ. But a few dudes that came on here, off record, on record, and has said what they've said or how they felt about number three. When you play this game, when you go through this journey, it's all about the brothers. It's all about the brotherhood. And when it's all said and done, he he got a lot of making up to do. He got a lot of phone calls to make. A lot of, hey, bro, I, I should have done better with that. And that's the mm-hmm. God honest truth. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hold that in. I, I couldn't hold that inside, but he got a lot of making up to do. So on a serious note. He he has I hope to. he does. I hope so he why does. don't you look hey, I, it's Golden Tate and KJ Wright going back and forth about Russell Wilson and it got me thinking, and right opened up Pandora's box for me. We all remember how messy his exit was from Seattle after the 2021 season. It was fresh off of a year where the numbers were down in pretty much every major statistical category. Uh, the completion percentage was was as low as it's been in a while. But he was injured during that season, right? He only started 14 games. Seattle goes six and eight. But the thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about Russell Wilson's exit is that this guy that the NFL is billed as this model citizen and this great character dude, every chance one of his former teammates gets to throw him under the bus and talk about what he didn't do in Seattle, they don't miss. They take complete advantage of it. So his departure from Seattle, what, a year and a half after the fact now, makes so much sense. And it's not like he was able to right the ship last year with Denver. He had, by far, the worst year of his statistical career, of his career last year with the Denver Broncos. 4-11, and least amount of wins as a starter in his career, completes just 60% of his passes, career low, throws for 3,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, which is also a career low, and 11 interceptions, tied for the second most that he has ever tossed during his 10-year career, during his 11-year career. We're in a spot right now, to me, and I feel like they're everyone's favorite comeback team and everyone's favorite group that's going to right the ship this year in 2023. There is buku amounts of pressure on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton this year with the Denver Broncos. Defensively, we know what they have. Anchored by Pat Sertan and the pass rush that they've got. It's a good group. It's a good group. But it's put up or shut up time for Russell Wilson, a guy who two years ago, after the 2020 season, I think many folks would have considered him a first ballot Hall of Famer at the quarterback position. But when you take into account what happened in his final year in Seattle, and you take into account what happened during his debut season last year with Denver, that contract that he signed now all all of a sudden looks ludicrous, but I wonder what Sean Payton thinks of all this. I wonder 
if I could shoot up Sean Payton with truth serum, I would love to hear how confident he is that he can turn around Russell Wilson. Because I don't think he takes the job in Denver without the mentality and mindset that, hey, look, I'm going to get this righted. Now, Russell's got everything going in his favor. We know it. That Denver running game is amongst the best in football. Their receiving core, spearheaded by Jerry Judy, is a darn good group. And then offensively, bringing over Joe Lombardi and having him be the offensive coordinator, I expect Denver's offense next year to look a lot like some of the prime years of Drew Brees with New Orleans. You run the football. You let Russell Wilson cook, so to speak, and take his shots down the field off play action. At the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, Sean Payton is there for the long haul. So to me, I'm like, man, if Russell Wilson doesn't clearly show that last year was an anomaly, wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton and company uh, don't take too long to move on from that contract. It's going to be interesting, man. Can't wait. Football season officially starts. Well, training camp officially starts for most teams around the National Football League next week. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take things to the hardwood for Linnell's lead line. Draymond Green, back at it again, talking about the Jordan Poole situation. We'll let you hear from Dre next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 735 tonight before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Cubs. It's an 805 first pitch. And per usual, like I said, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler get you warmed up starting at 735 with Nats on deck. Right now, though, it's waiting no longer. A little bit late getting to it. It's time for Linnell's lead line. For our top story in other news, more news, the biggest breaking news story this town has ever seen. Linnell's lead line. Now, I'll be honest, I had a multitude of different things to sort through tonight for Linnell's lead line. Could have talked about Saquon Barkley some more. We could have talked about the contract dispute reportedly going on in Dallas between uh, Trayvon Diggs and the team. But I want to... I want to talk about the gift that keeps on giving, and I call that gift one Draymond Green. Now, we have talked about this topic on several different occasions here on Overtime, and my stance on this has been the same. All in all, I think the Golden State Warriors are the big dummies in the situation. There's no way I'm choosing Draymond Green for the future over Jordan Poole for the future. Now, obviously, the reason that they had to make that decision is to punch her around the world this summer. Draymond Green doing what I called attempted murder of Jordan Poole. Socked him. 
had no chance. The video gets out. TMZ gets a hold of it. It's a mess. They had to answer questions about that all season long. It was a major distraction. And I had thought Draymond Green was done talking about this, but he opened his big fat mouth earlier yesterday on the Pat Bev podcast. Take a listen. I don't just hit people. Mm. I've been in this league 11 years. I ain't just hit nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, and so dialogue, you know, happens and dialogue happens over the course of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in in an instant. You know what I'm saying? Dialogue, of course, happens over time, and you know, like I said, Cam stuff wasn't <laughs> wasn't accurate, but you know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We we you know we know um, you know things that you have to stand on. Those comments that Draymond Green made, and and I wonder, did he understand at the moment that it was going to have this type of trickle down effect, and there was going to be this volatile of a reaction to it? Because I'll be honest with you. This situation is sad, right? Let's call it what it is. I've been in numerous of locker rooms throughout my lifetime. It really, and I've seen many of fights. For for guys to come to blows, it's normally two dudes that don't rock with each other. But the, the ironic thing in this situation is that before this past season and before the incident that happened this summer, Draymond Green really had taken the role of big brother for Jordan Poole. Take a listen to Draymond Green speaking at the end of Jordan Poole's rookie season on Jordan. Take a listen. He don't stop talking. He does not stop, which is funny to me. So I see people get pissed off in practice. Like, oh, man, he a rookie. He never, I've heard a few people say he a rookie. He never shut up. And I just be sitting there like, good job, young fella. You got him mad, man. And like you talk, I remember being that rookie that wouldn't shut up and everybody hated it. So, doing something right, young fella. Keep going. I just walk away smiling. It's great. So, Jordan Poole's been talking, right? And Draymond Green, being the big bro OG that he is, seemed like he was encouraging it, egging Jordan Poole on at times. So, after all of this transpired and we, and, and Draymond, had that clip dropped of him on the Pat Bev podcast, Jordan Poole's father immediately came to the defense. This is a tweet from Anthony Poole. I'm standing on this is some BS. Jordan Poole was his guy, and he avoided me all last year. He is a soft bleep bleep, (laughs) and I'm standing on this. And he didn't apologize to me and my wife talking about Draymond Green. So lame. Me and him can meet anytime he wants. Now, I was like, oh. Ryan, I think I texted you after I saw this. Like, bro, we're talking about this tonight. And I'm thinking, man, we're going to be talking about it from the angle of, man, why is Jordan Poole's father coming? Not not why is he coming to bat for his son, but why is he doing it publicly? But, oh, there's more. Draymond Green responds to Jordan Poole's father. Twelve hours later, I might add. (laughs) That's so cute, dot, dot, dot. It's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a year, champ. I got to get my family from that family room every game and stop using those words. They usually don't go over well amongst men, end quote. 
from Draymond Green. You know what I take from that from Draymond is that he punched Jordan Poole in the face. He's going to punch Anthony Poole in the face next? I mean, Draymond, I, I don't get it. This tough guy act wore thin for me a long time ago. And I think it might wear thin for his teammates too, man. That was Bob Myers' role there with the Golden State Warriors. He was the executive and he's the architect of that team, but he was Draymond's confidant. He was the guy that got Draymond to stand down in these situations. And I'm going to be really interested to see the dynamic on that roster next year, but this didn't stop Jordan Poole subliminally addressing the situation on Instagram, posting gunna lyrics to a workout video. And I believe the lyrics read talk of the topic finds you a hobby. And like you put laughing emojis, basically trying to allude to the fact that Draymond is obsessed with him at this point. Jordan Poole's best friend then took to Instagram in that comment in those audio clips that we just played, the one where he was talking about Jordan Poole at the end of Jordan's rookie year, Jordan's best friend on Instagram posted that video, but then typed some words over it. I'll read it out to you. It says, quote, he literally took us under his wing because of the Midwest connection, and we were over his house during the pandemic all the time. He supposedly called himself our OG and leader. You can see how proud he was in that video. But what changed? A lot of y'all hoop. How many times at practice do you swing on your little homie like that? TBH, we've been handling this way more player immature than Draymond has. You're a legend that condones this type of energy in this literal video, but definitely had a moment of inexcusability, of inexcusable failure, excuse me, in leadership as a brother and a teammate, which is supposed to be his best quality coming off the top rope. I mean, that's, he kind of took the words right out of my mouth. That's why I'm so disappointed in this situation. Draymond's supposed to play the evil role against other folks, right? Like, he's supposed to be the enforcer for his team. He's not supposed to be a guy who goes out and socks his brethren in the face. I don't know much about the relationship between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole pre-punch hurt around the world. But based on what the best friend is saying, I believe his name is Raylan, right? Draymond took Jordan Poole in, had him over the crib during the pandemic, was really trying to big bro him and make him his OG. Somewhere on, along those lines, though, man, he, he couldn't t- stay in the, tr- the trash talking from Jordan Poole. That's what I think it is, right? Because they always say, man, if you could give it, you got to be able to take it. And it seems like in this situation, Draymond couldn't handle a taste of his own medicine. According to our pal Cameron, there's a pretty logical reason as to why Draymond socked Jordan Poole in the face. Take a listen. And from all the things that I was hearing him say, not guaranteed, but they were saying his reasons Draymond punched him in his face. They said the first day he told Draymond Green, you know, Michigan and Michigan State have beef. Draymond State, Draymond Green's from Michigan State. He's from mm-hmm. Michigan. He told That's already Draymond, a lifetime rivalry. Right, right he told Draymond, I'm f***ing on next year. Then he crazy. told Draymond. <laughs> That's crazy. Then he, yeah, then he told Draymond, why is your Twitter handle Money Green when you broke and you're not going to get a new contract? And that's the one that broke the camel's back when yeah. you end up punching him in the face. So a lot of stuff. So that, that was see, a cover-up then. That, that's what they're saying, and Draymond mm-hmm. couldn't talk about it. <laughs> I'll be honest. If Jordan Poole was really coming that crazy at Draymond Green, saying things like that, 
did he deserve to get punched in the face? I mean, honestly, right? It's a locker room. It's a real fragile place, man, amongst egos, right? A lot of different people around. Some have different status on the team than others, right? That's the way any locker room works. For a second-year player or a third-year player like Jordan Poole was to come in talking to a vet like that, and I have to think it was in play, right? Based on what the best friend of Jordan Poole is saying and based on what Jordan Poole's dad is saying, maybe Draymond just got in his feelings and took it too far. I want to open up the phones on this, though. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We discussed this about two weeks ago on Overtime. Now that we've seen Draymond Green pretty much come out and embarrass himself, Wizards fans, are you more confident that the Jordan Poole thing will work out? Because I'll tell you the angle that I was taking on this about a week and a half ago. I was like, man, if Jordan Poole was a locker room problem in Golden State with all of those veteran leaders around him and all of those guys that have championship pedigree, what type of ego do you think he's going to have in the Wizards locker room where it's just Kyle Kuzma and a bunch of Jags? Is there concern out there amongst the Wizards fan base that the man that we just traded for in Jordan Poole, do you think he's got maturity issues? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We'll take a quick timeout on the other side of this break. Your call is supposed to give you my two cents as to whether or not I think there should be some concern about Jordan Poole. That's next here on The Fan. is the number on the MGM National Harbor list of lines. Taking your calls right now on whether or not you think Jordan Poole will have maturity issues in the Wizards locker room. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Got a couple of tweets in here on this situation. If you're on the phone line, stay there. We'll get to you in just a second. But... I want to go to Twitter here for a second because this is interesting. My man, Joey, who I won't read his actual at name because it's kind of inappropriate. Joey says, this is going to be Jordan's dad when Draymond shows up. And I don't know how many of you out there have seen the movie Friday, but it's the movie. <laughs> it's, it's the scene where Debo uh, is taking the bike. And look, I'm not condoning violence ever. That's not the type of cat that I am. But, like, Draymond's soft, bro. Draymond's soft. If you had this energy for Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole's dad, like Jordan Poole's dad alluded to, you saw me so many times this year in the arena. For them not to be able to work through this situation and hash it out, to me, just highlights that the relationship between the two probably wasn't that strong in the first place. Sad situation, man. It's a sad situation. one 800 636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BCP. Josh is in Calvert. What's going on, Josh? What's up, boss? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, man. Hey, uh, just two quick takes. 
Uh, one, I don't think Jordan Poole is going to be a problem. Uh, he's a big personality coming to a very uh, a locker room that doesn't have a lot of big personalities. I tend to think he's going to be, hate using this term, but it's, he, he's going to be the alpha and he's going to dominate. And I think even if he's on a short-term rental, it's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the Jordan Poole. But I, I want to follow up with this. Uh-huh. Like, so uh-huh. you're going to okay boomer me because you're the youngest in charge and I'm pushing 50. But, you know, social media has made a lot of these guys soft. I mean, they get on there and they, they, they squawk and they talk and you know, yes. this and that. And I saw yeah. the Draymond, Kevin Durant tweets. And Oh, my God. I didn't even get to that. Oh, thank you, Josh, for reminding me about the tweet that dumb Draymond tweeted out earlier. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to free up the show. But like, no, you're good. Let me just say, no, like, good. growing up in the 80s, like, there were enforcers in each locker room that kept locker rooms. Bulls had Horace Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Celtics had Larry Bird. You didn't mess with Larry. Uh, Detroit had Bill Lambeer. Those problems never came out. They never saw it. They were never talked about the media. They never saw the light of day. Those locker room doors closed. Problems were dealt with. And then, you know, somebody came out with a black eye. It's just, you know, I But, Josh, or, let me ask you this, Josh. Josh, Josh, let me ask you this. Because when you look at Golden State, right, they're viewed as one of these first-class organizations and really, for like the last seven, eight years, we look at them like the Patriots, right? Like, no drama, no nonsense. The fact that the video even got sold to TMZ lets me know that there's cracks in the foundation over there in Golden State. You know, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and and it's kind of surprising after that happened, you know, Draymond State. And I understand how good of a player he is. But, like, ah, it's yeah, debatable. That's, that's, debatable. The sort of, that's the sort of guy that, you know, you, you keep around for too long. And then yes. he starts, yeah. you know. He starts pushing on other players, and then, you know, you don't have a team anymore. You have a drama queen that is kind of running the show. Yeah. Hey, Josh, yeah. I appreciate your call as always, my man. Just because I'm the youngest in charge, whom y'all, don't mean I don't appreciate hearing from my older folks, man. I think Josh made a ton of good points, and the one that I really want to hone in on is back in the day, this stuff would happen all the time. My thing is it usually doesn't happen with two dudes that genuinely got love for each other, man. I remember Jimmy Samai and what was Teddy? Teddy Lyles. When I was in ninth grade, they fought at the water hose during training camp. And Jimmy did not like Teddy, man. So there was a reason he clocked Teddy in the face, man. Ray Fowler, if you're listening to this right now, I know you're probably laughing your you-know-what off. But I've seen multiple locker room fights. Normally, they're not between two dudes, one who considers him a mentor to the other. And, and the situation's crazy. The situation is absolutely crazy. That's going to do it, though, here for this abbreviated Wednesday night edition of Overtime. If you want to keep the conversation going with me on Twitter, it's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I'd be remiss if I didn't get out of here without one more reminder for you all. Make sure you come out with us tomorrow for our Burgundy and Sold celebration over at the bullpen here in Navy Yard, D.C., celebrating the official sale of the Washington Command as well. Food trucks, live music, and some of the biggest names in Burgundy and Gold history. Doors open at 4.30. Myself and the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, will start the radio broadcast at 6.30 with a special, special edition of Overtime, man. I can't wait. I'm glad we finally made it. Ryan, I appreciate you bumping me out with this, but I know we got 30 seconds. Can you just sing it with me? Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who, Who are, are we? we? The Commanders. commanders. It's going to do it. See you tomorrow.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 